0: Hello and welcome to SASCast, the official podcast for Future of SAS. Joining us for this session is Andrea Sayers, who's in charge of product growth and education at ProdPad. She's here to talk you through gamification techniques for products. If you'd like to give us an introduction, Andrea, please explain the ProdPad products for us, its core features, your mission and your role.
1: Uh, Sure. So uh, ProdPad is a product management uh, software, um, obviously for product people so that they can Uh, create their roadmaps, manage their ideas, backlog, um, and gather insights from their customers and teams. Um, Again, core features would be roadmapping, specifically outcome-based roadmaps, so you can manage your OKRs um, and understand what you're building, why you're building it, and for who you're building it for. So uh, my particular role is product growth um, and education. Uh, Inherently, you know, product growth, (laughs) part of what I do is talking to a lot of customers. Um, I write a lot on the blog. Uh, I think it's mostly my face all over it. Um, And I also uh, host our monthly webinars.
0: Brilliant. Okay. And right onto your topic now. So first off, uh, if anyone listening is unaware of this technique gamification uh, can you please just describe what it is and the role it plays in SAS? Uh
1: sure so gamification is essentially the concept of using game-like techniques uh, to allow users to interact with your platform uh, or your product. Now, that doesn't mean that your product is a game, uh, but rather that you're using these techniques techniques to uh, cater for a more um, immersive experience. Uh, now, it's important to also highlight that when you're using gamification, you're using it um, with the customer at the center. So it's human centered design as opposed to machine centered design. So the aim is not to design it in a way to show off the product but rather to design it in a way where the user is at the center of it all. So it's the user understanding the product, not the product forcing the user to use it, if that makes any sense. Um, so it's 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 really about making it human and making it natural, making it emotional, uh, not just, you know, do one, two, three. And then you have an output. It's more like jobs to be done for anyone that's familiar with that. Um, you have an outcome that is expected. And that outcome is then making the user more successful.
0: Sure. And so do you think it's important for SaaS businesses to invest in gamification? And if so, why?
1: Um, is it important? Absolutely. Um, and mind you, I think a lot of companies are doing it without even realizing that they're doing it. Um, so a very classic um, gamification technique is for example when somebody logs into your app and you ask them to enter their name and you know add an image or an avatar um, that is gamification it's called ownership um, so even simple things like that that just feels you know inherent to, to having you know having it be part of your your platform or your product um, it is gamification
0: right And so can you tell us about some gamification case studies of your own uh, sort of what you did? Uh, While you did it, the results, uh, that sort of thing?
1: Yeah, absolutely. So we're actually quite well known for our um, trial extension. Uh, we call it our, our magical trial extension. So essentially what it is, is um, when you start a trial with ProPad, you start at seven days. But the more you use it, the more days you earn. So you can earn up to a full month just by using the platform. So when you add uh, a product, you get two days and you add some ideas, you get another two days, um, so on and so forth, And certain actions um, carry more weight. Um, And essentially it's it's, uh, designed in a way where the user has to invest time in order to get more time, Mm -hmm. I understand, Uh, but also adds this little bit of like a dopamine effect where, oh, hey, I earned something, that's a reward, that's awesome, I wanna do more of that. Um, so it encourages the user to, uh, to, to really, you know, keep on working with the application.
0: Sure. And so for anyone who's new to this or anyone sort of looking to sort of improve on what they're doing so far, uh, how can you go about applying gamification techniques to, to their products?
1: Um, for anyone that's looking to do it, the first thing I'd say is understand why you want to do it and what you want the outcome to be. Um, I think a very big mistake when people decide that they want to, you know, add gamification techniques to their application is slap a badge on everything. Um, (laughs) That's just about the worst idea. Um, You know, badges mean nothing uh, unless, you know, you're you have to use it with context. Um, So if you're just giving out badges for no reason, it's it's not going to have the desired effect. So uh, for anyone that's looking to do it, you know, do a little bit of research. There's a really great book. Um, by Yu Kai Chu uh, called uh, the Octalysis Framework um, that basically, you know, guides you through all the different um, types of techniques that you can use. Um, and they're divided essentially into positive, negative and neutral um, and how you can use them uh, to, to really get the most out of, uh, of of using gamification in your product.
0: And so uh, just moving that on slightly, um, but for instance, with the startup, if they're on a tight budget, uh, so something they can is this something they can do? So can they test the waters with this and sort of see if they can invest real money in it and sort of make it a, a worthwhile sort of uh, investment?
1: Yeah, absolutely. I'm a big fan of running experiments, naturally being a product person. Um, so there are several things that you can do, you know, MVPs using things like Intercom or um, you know, surveys or anything like that. Um, it doesn't have to be overly complicated. Just, you know, run run a quick MVP, run a quick experiment, set a baseline, see how it does um, and go from there, just like, just like any other experiment. But as I said, I think the important thing is not just going crazy with it and saying, Yes, absolutely. We're going to do gamification—you know, start slapping badges all over the place, or points, or leaderboards, or Uh, whatever—but really understand what it is that the outcome should be for the customer, Mm. and how it is that you're going to measure that success. Mm.
0: So, in terms of examples, what would you say is uh, like the best piece of uh, gamification you've seen in SaaS?
1: Um. In SaaS, that's interesting. I don't actually use a lot of SaaS products. That's not my own. I'm in profit all day and Slack. Um, Slack does some some pretty cool stuff. But I think something that a lot of people use that they don't realize uh, perhaps is a gamification technique is um, you know, when you're on Amazon and it basically serves you up stuff like it it recommends that's actually called the Alfred effect. Mm -hmm. Um, And and it's specifically, uh, people don't know that's gamification. It's literally, it's one of the classic ones um, and it's called the Alfred effect where basically you have a butler like Alfred (laughs) um, and it just serves you up stuff and it's super smart. And that's a gamification technique again for a service um, that you know isn't necessarily a SaaS product, but it has a gamification technique. So going back to, uh, to my original point, where gamification isn't about gaming; it's about using these gaming techniques to allow users to explore your product.
0: So, sort of outside of SaaS, what would you say is the best bit of gamification you've seen?
1: Uh, you know what? Um, I mean. It, it, I actually kind of want to loop it back to, oh. to to gamification, as in gaming, because <laughs> I've been playing this really good game on on. If anyone has Nintendo Switch, uh, there's this there's this really good one called um, Asphalt Legends Nine, uh, and it's a racing game, and it's so funny because I know what they're trying to do. I know gamification. I know that they're trying to get me to spend money. But I, I just, I don't want to. And they keep trying to get me. And at one point I'm like, you know what? I'm almost tempted to do so because they've done it so well where I'm so blocked <laughs> right. that I can't move forward unless I'm willing to, you know, spend, even if it's just a pound um, or, or a dollar or whatever. Um, so you can still, it, it, it's funny. Cause again, I, I know what they're trying to get me to do. And I'm, I want to say I'm too smart for them, but at the same time I'm also not. <laughs>
0: Right. And so so what tips would you give uh, people, businesses who may not start looking to, well, who want to start looking into gamification seriously?
1: Um, Again, read the book by Yu Kai Chu. It's really, really good. Um, It can be a bit dense because there's a lot of examples. Um, Yu Kai Chu is basically the father of gamification. He designed, um, you know, the little timer on eBay. Yes. Yes. he basically invented that, um, adding a little bit of FOMO um, to, to purchases. Um, so do your research, again, understand um, the different techniques that, that exist, how you can best implement them, look at how other people are doing gamification, other companies are doing gamification um, and don't fall for the trap of, again, badges and leaderboards, because that, that tends to backfire very, very, very quickly.
0: Uh, this is uh, some of the techniques that they're using for gamification are sort of very sort of basic, sort of little nifty little tricks that are sort of very cost effective to use and have a great result.
1: Um, yeah, so some of the things that, again, that are pretty inherent that you don't realize that are, count as gamification are things like ownership, um, social, um, I forget some of them, but even just taking those two. So ownership just means that you're, allowing the user to feel like they own the account. So that could be very simple things like adding a password. I know that sounds like security, but <laughs> um, I, I recently created a, an account in an app that didn't even allow me to add a password. And I was like, how do I log in again? Makes no sense. Uh, but adding your, you know, naming a project, um, all those things are gamification because you're allowing the user to feel like they own it. Um, things like inviting a user, um, you know, once your team gets invested, uh, that's gamification because you're adding the social aspect to it, um, allowing users to welcome each other. Again, gamification technique. So it's there's really, really simple things that are gamification that um, a lot of people don't realize they are, um, and, and they're not overly complicated. So when you think of gamification, you don't have to go from zero to 100. There are smaller steps that you can take for sure. Right.
0: Thank you for that. And so we've got a bit of a shift now to focus on the sort of SaaS industry as a whole. Uh, so, What sort of challenges do you think SaaS businesses face next year, uh, especially now we factor in from coronavirus, ongoing pandemic?
1: Um, yeah, I think, I mean, it's a tough one, isn't it? In um, general, I think a lot of people are like, oh, you know, when we go back to normal. But the reality is, is I, I, I don't think we're ever going to, have that normal again. Um, we're going to have to learn to adjust as, as people, as coworkers, as, you know, as a society. Um, so just making sure that we all have that in mind. Um, I, I just, um, attended my, the product, the digital conference, and there was this really great talk, um, that basically, you know, touched upon a lot of those things and how, um, all these different aspects have changed uh, in our lives, particularly in technology. Uh, so I think just keeping that in mind and um, as companies and, and as people, as individuals, to so just be aware that as much as it sucks to say, <laughs> you know, we're probably not going to go back to that normal. What can we retain and how can we adjust ourselves to, to the new normal, essentially?
0: Sure. And so for SaaS, SaaS startups tuning in, uh, what advice would you offer them?
1: Um, I wrote a little note here that says your mental health comes first, uh, which is really important. I know, um, you know, being cooped up at home um, can be really, really difficult with a pandemic and even without the pandemic, um, you know, if you work from home, it's tough. So props to you. Um, but in general, you um, sort of taking a step back from just the pandemic. Um, Things to be aware of when you're running a startup is have a very, very solid vision um, of what it is that you're trying to do. Because if you don't have a vision, you're likely to fail. And there's a, a quote by Paul Graham that says, startups tend to fail because they don't know the problem that they're trying to solve.
0: Right. And for established SaaS businesses, uh, what are your golden rules for continuing success?
1: Um, I'm going to count this also for startups <laughs> mm-hmm. uh, because I think it's really important. Uh, but if, first of all, if you are an established business and you're currently sales led, don't be afraid to change that to being product led. Um, it's going to be beneficial. And if you are a startup, make sure that you start with being product led, and, and you know, don't fall into to the trap um, of, of being sales led or falling into the trap of building features just to build features. Um, the other would be, and again, I think this counts for both, is drop timelines, please, for the love of God, <laughs> you're never gonna build something useful um, if you continue to use timelines and deadlines. Um, and I know that sounds really controversial, but this is true. Um, and the other is, In regards to how teams are set up and and how teams work together, Um, I have worked at enough startups and established businesses where there are so many silos set up between teams that as much as you think as you have great communication, you're really just talking over each other or against each other as opposed to working as a team. So, if you really want to be successful, regardless of whether you're a startup or a scale up, or you know an established business, wherever it is that you are on your growth path, make sure that you have a north star that you're working towards, and that you have common um, objectives, and that you're tracking key results as a team, not as individuals.
0: Okay, brilliant. And so finally, for SAScast today, uh, so we are the future of SAS. Uh, Where do you see the industry heading in the future for market growth and innovation?
1: Excellent question. Um, I I think I want to use the OKR thing again. (laughs) Um, I think more and more businesses are starting to pivot more into using OKRs but using them properly. (laughs) So I've been using OKRs for a very long time. Um, And for about eight of the 10 years, I've used them incorrectly. (laughs) Very, very incorrectly. So OKRs aren't a new concept. I think a lot of people don't know or haven't known how to implement them properly, because it's usually team against team or individual against individual. Um, And I'm seeing just this, um, this change of people saying, yes, OKRs are important but how do we measure them properly? How can we act as a team to make sure that we're achieving the right stuff? Um, so I, I'm very interested in seeing how this kind of evolves a little bit more um, in various teams adopting OKRs because strategy isn't just for product management, strategy applies to you know market growth. Um, it applies to sales. It applies to support teams. It applies to you know pretty much every team. Every team should have a strategy for what they're doing, um, and that loops back uh, you know again to to having um, OKRs, but also a very very solid product uh, product vision.
0: Okay. Excellent. Well, thank you very much for your time today, Andrea, and uh, it's been a pleasure having you on
1: SaaScast. Thank you very much.